Well, hi, honey. How are you? I'm sort of fine. I kind of had a bad reaction to some food I ate last night, which I'll never eat again, but I'm fine. You're with us today on I'm a couple of dusty muffins and you're dustier than ever after eating like, <laughs> yeah, poison food. Really? Sleep mm. is a, a prize commodity. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine. You know, I, I, I got to talk to you about something that happened to me the other day. Okay. It's, it's been, not all that serious. Don't get you looking all serious. You've been te- teasing me with it. So I'm anxious to hear this story. Okay. So I was in Arizona. My husband and I just decided to go to Tucson for a few days because he loves to be in the sun and he's always cold. And so we're in Tucson and I chose to stay at this ranch, an old ranch that dates back to the 1800s. I chose it because it had all these horses and of all sorts of colors and sizes. And I just love horses, as you know, Julie, like you do. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I can do some writing, which I haven't done for a while. In order to go on the advanced writing trail or whatever it's called, the, the, you have to do what's called a lope check. Mm-hmm. Now, for people who don't know horses, there's three gates, basically, to most horses. Walk, trot, and a lope. Which and is a gallop. The same, which is, this... a, yeah, and gallop is a fast lope. So a right. lope or canter is like right. the third. Third gear. So... I go and sign up for the lope check, which they have to check you out to see if you can ride well enough to do this advanced riding. I got on this horse and the horse was kind of one of these hay belly horses uh, that you have to kick and kick to get him to move. He wasn't really excited <laughs> about doing the lope check. <laughs> so they put you in this little arena, tiny little arena, and they ask you to walk and then trot and then canter or lope. So I got to the lope part and I was fine. But for some reason, I mean, I felt good in the saddle. I wasn't like as confident as I would have been if I'd been riding for months on end. You know what it feels like if you haven't ridden for a while, you're not great in your seat and you're a little bouncy and you're not perfect, but I was fine. Mm -hmm. They failed me. They failed me. I'm telling you, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over it. I'm so sorry to just like bring everybody into my, you know. Why did they fail you? What did, did was your, what's your first reaction when they failed you? One, the f- first, I did my first canter, and then they said, "Why don't you lay back in your salad? In your salad, <laughs> your saddle more." There's that's a problem. A, that's I the first problem was, right there. I was riding a salad, right? <laughs> okay. They said, lean back more. I said, well, when I rode my horse in Western Nebraska, uh, barrel racing, reining and horsemanship, I'm like trying to make sure they know I'm a rider. I mean, you can tell a rider when they get on a horse, just how they sit on it, right? You know that. I do. And they said, try leaning back more. I said, well, I always leaned forward to get my horse to start. That's how we started anything, whether we're galloping or just trotting or whatever. You just, I just leaned forward on her and she'd start into the gates. So they said, lean back more. So I'm I get another shot at it. Like this is only my second shot, right? When they looked at me once and then I went again and they said, no, no, uh, you're, you are not lope quality. (laughs) God, They they flunked you twice. They flunked me. And I I looked at them and I just said, I failed. And they said, yes. And I'm like, (laughs) I I had, I was a speechless. And then she says, maybe you need to come back and take like a, a horsemanship lesson. This is at a ranch where they should expect that not everybody's competent or knows what they're doing. These horses are trained to take anybody. That was must have just crushed your ego. It totally did. I, I have never in my life been told. I've ridden across the Pampa of Chile at a full gallop. On You know, you go through a little. T- I understand why they have to test you because everybody says, oh, I can ride. I can ride. And then they get somebody out there on a full gallop or something and they fall off and they have a lawsuit or whatever. I understand that. And, you know, a lot of people are overly confident about the riding. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been riding for all my life and especially the last 22 years. And I always say there are five year olds who are better than I am. But 
The issue here, you were judged. When I came back after this demoralizing experience, my husband was sitting reading by the pool and I said, honey, they failed me. He started laughing. He goes, yeah, that's, you know, it's funny. And I know he looked at my face. I said, no, I'm not kidding. They failed me. He looks at me, he goes, you're not joking. And I said, no, I'm not joking. Cause he started laughing. He thought I was playing a joke on him. And it's now here I am ragging on and everybody's listening, going, why should I care about Penny failing her writing class? But yes, I, started I want really, to know why, why does anybody care? Right. Because right, um, right. here's what I want to share. I think that when we are judged by people who don't know us. And what it did, this did is it started conjuring up all these feelings. I almost started crying and it wasn't about the horse thing. It was about the past where people have unfairly judged me when I know I'm capable. I've tried to do lots of things that I'm not capable of doing, right? Like applying for jobs that are over my head that require a lot of computer skills or whatever. So I know if they say no, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I don't really have the qualifications. But when somebody judges you for something you know you can do very well, I don't know. It was, it started bringing up all this past judgments and I started crying. I got really emotional. Like this is several days later and still trying to process all this. So I just wanted to, to talk with everybody and you, Julie, about judging people. And, well, you know, we all it was do a, it. it oh, right? yes. It was a trigger for you. And it took you back into a past where there's a lot of unfinished business and unfinished healing. And we've all, God knows, I, I couldn't even count how many times I've been unfairly judged from minor things to really life-changing events. And so people think you're not capable. And I think this is especially, I know it's hard for everybody, but I think it's particularly hard for women who are being judged by men. But in this case, this was a woman judging two, you. Two people. That, there was a, a woman two, two and a men. guy, both watching. Okay. So they don't know your history and they've triggered, they've opened an old wound and it hurts like hell. And we all judge each other. All you told me before we started to record this was a, an issue about judgment. And I started thinking about how we judge each other all the time. Right. And, and I'm guilty of it too. I'm guilty of judging and I'm guilty of making snap judgments. And if there's anything I kept preaching after Mara died, my daughter who died of an overdose, I told people don't judge people because you have no idea what demons and what history and what heartaches and traumas they've endured and, and, and lived through. So I think, you know, that's, that's, what I've been preaching, but I certainly yeah. don't follow it myself. I mean, I I judge Julie and I, you and I've talked about this. The girls on no. TV, the young women, I should say, not girls, uh, the women on TV in their skin tight dresses, and I'm going, why are they doing that? Doing the anchor people, the weather people. Yes, they're. It, it, that's another whole podcast, right? But I don't want to slut shame people either. That's a judgment. So what we're saying. Uh, we're criticizing something that offends us for some reason, either because I can't fit into that dress anymore or we think it's inappropriate. Mm -hmm. I make judgments every day in the political spectrum. How can I not judge the cruelty oozing from the extreme right wing of the party? How can I not judge what's coming from he whom I shall not name? I've never uttered his name in two years. How can I not judge the people who I just learned about uh, shot up a, a, a gay nightclub? Uh -huh. 
How can I not judge? So I guess there's different levels of the right to judge and the necessity of withholding judgment. Now, I'll give you a little example of something that happened to me personally just in the last week. Okay. My partner and I were supposed to go out to dinner and he's a brilliant photographer and people were showing their slides that this was a reunion party of a lot of TV people. And he had selected some photographs to share at this gathering. One of them was a picture he had taken of a incredibly obese woman with her jeans cut off inappropriately, showing too much ass. And her partner is a skinny little guy with his hand around her. He can hardly reach around her waist. And he had photographed it somewhere at a fair or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he had included that in his collection of photographs he was going to show that night. And I asked him to please remove that mm-hmm. because I felt... It was so mean, mm-hmm. even though it was absurd mm-hmm. and it was interesting, bizarre mm-hmm. and like watching a train wreck mm-hmm. of humanity. Yeah. And I thought, no, I want you to take that out. I can't order him to do it. But I said, Laddie, this is going to come back on you. It's saying something about you more than it's saying about these poor people, whether they're flaunting it or whatever reason they're posing like this in public. I shouldn't judge them. And neither should you. And you shouldn't put it on display in front of a bunch of people. I just felt it was wrong. Yeah. Even though though silently, even though personally, I felt it was repulsive. And comical, maybe, in a way. Comical pair. But I didn't want to laugh at it. I didn't want to make fun of it. I didn't want to demean it. Yeah. I think it's important as we go forward in this crazy, insane world that we try to be more compassionate mm-hmm. around how we see one another. Yes. About how we speak about one another, about how we are more sensitive to their worlds. Mm-hmm. There are people, I'm sure, who judge us and, you know, Lordy. Right. But the thing about the writing issue with you is you knew you knew what you were doing. I but did. they saw you. Yeah, of course you do. They were showing a lack of compassion or caring and quick, unkind judgment. And it hurt, wounded something in you. Maybe they were being careful. Who knows what their reasons were? Because you didn't get into a deep dive with them. If I'd been with you, of course, I would have gotten off the horse, gone over and said, <laughs> please, I want to know more about your decision. Right. Because I don't think you were fair. And fairness is a component of how we judge each other. Right. Well, I had a, uh, plenty to say to the front desk, unfortunately. After that, I sort of... You're not going back to that ranch oh, again. Oh, it was... Like... But when I saw the pictures that you posted from the, the horse ranch, there were a few of them on Facebook, my reaction to you was, where's your fucking helmet? <laughs> So I judge you too. I judge you too. We didn't wear no stinking helmets in Western Nebraska. Well, (laughs) I get a lot of grief. You know, I ran and managed a horse ranch for 20 years. Right. After I left television. That's kind of like skiing. uh, We never wore helmets skiing, but I do now. Oh my God. Right. right, Well, right. right. It's just the way we did. My first reaction, I was judging you. No, I know you were. Well, that's okay. It's because you care about me. You care. I do care about you. you. These people didn't care. Yeah. Did they make you sign releases at places like this? When you check in, you have to sign releases. So, how are you going to get over this? Well, (laughs) 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 you know what's really weird about it? is I really don't care if I went on a ride where I was galloping. I really don't care about that. 
I mean, I had, I actually went out, you know, stiff upper lip. I swallowed my pride and um, my sense of entitlement and went on a walking trail ride out in the cactus. And I tried to enjoy it. And there were a bunch of people behind me who were talking in German very loudly on the almost the whole ride. And so if you want to get like some peace, just riding around on a horse out in the hillside with it, you know, you have to go on the walking, plodding with the guide, blah, blah, blah. It's like what you do when you're like seven. But <laughs> look at me, I'm hey, so mad hey, still. Now you're being offensive to me because, <laughs> no, because I like those. You like those rides. Slow, pokey. Yes, yeah. I do. Okay. Well, I don't I mean do. to be offensive to you, but from a, <laughs> a, a, no. I'm judging, judging you. All you're the people who me. like to go on the plodding rides. It's kind of like Mario Andretti driving like a Ford pickup around or something. <laughs> it's like I bet he does. I bet, I bet he does. Yeah. And when I look back at my early days when I was raising my horse and I got her when she was six months old. And so I was riding other horses. And then when she was three, I started riding her. And I look back on those years now and I think, I can't believe I survived some of the crap that we did. Yeah. Seriously. We went up, we went up into the forest. We were galloping. Yeah. I had no, I had, and I wasn't wearing a helmet. Yeah. And I have, you know, I'm amazed that, that I survived that. Yeah. Me too. All this crazy stuff we did in Western riding. I mean, Julie, we did these rawhide races where people would, we'd drag them around behind us on a piece of rawhide around (laughs) as fast as we could go. It's nuts. But well, you're immortal when you're young like that. I have not. not, And yeah. Do you feel better having talked about it? Yeah, I do. Because I, you know, I always do when I talk to you. That's why we do this podcast is because this is how it kind of started is Julie and I started talking on the phone and I'd bring stuff to her and she would hear me. She'd see me. She validated me. And that's why I love talking to you. And I didn't answer your question, which is how am I, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. Um, well, you've done it. I You're think, doing it. I think You're the part it. for me that I need to deal with is the past pains. Cause I could even like, um, <laughs> I just, it's brought up so much emotional um, stuff for me about judgment. And that's, that's the hard part. You know, I I certainly didn't cry. I was angry, but they told me I couldn't ride fast, but I just, what it did is it started sinking down into my gut and bringing up stuff kind of kind of like your dinner came up last night when you ate the poison food. Oh, (laughs) yeah. That was that was, it was good know. going down, but not so much the other way. There's still a lot of unresolved stuff in there, you know. I think we all have that. What do we do with that? Uh, we all have those unresolved, unhealed wounds, and so when something happens in our current lives and it takes us back to the hundreds of times we were judged unfairly, or we thought that's not nice, that's not fair. You don't know me. Yeah, I can do it, and that someone's telling you you can't do it, which was the essence of what happened to you at the horse ranch. You knew you could do it. They said you can't do it, and they were holding the reins literally yep. on the business. So yep. they didn't care. No, they didn't care. No. But I understand your pain, and I have it too. So that's what connects us. I guess the good part of this, and hopefully other people who are listening, I know everybody has been misjudged in their lives. I bet every single mm-hmm. human being that walks this planet has felt that way. And I hope that if you do, if you can relate to that, that you can bring up those pains and look at them again, because to keep them down deep is not a good thing. So I feel even this emotion coming forward and tears streaming down my cheeks right now, I just feel like this is a good thing. I need to bring this stuff up again because it's still there. And so we we can't expunge it until we bring it up and out and look at it. So yeah, it's okay to feel pain. It's okay. We're not given enough permission to do that. So you can't heal what you don't acknowledge. 
You that's can't right. fix what that, you don't acknowledge. There you go, girl. That's and uh, that's you know I didn't just get that statement from Doctor Phil. <laughs> I have a lot of judgments about him, by the way, <clears throat> but that's another podcast. That's another podcast. So <laughs> we all hurt. We all have pains. We all have unhealed issues from our past, and something that happens to us in the present will take us right back yeah. to those moments when we were judged unfairly. It was a trigger, and not the horse one. <laughs> no, 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 trigger, by the way, you know, I was very upset, you know, when I was a little girl and I watched Saturday, all the cowboy shows with horses, I was just looking for the horses. I didn't give a damn about the cowboys. I was so upset when I learned that trigger was stuffed Yeah. after Roy Rogers, after he died and he was stuffed mm-hmm. and left in a museum somewhere that just bothered me. <laughs> and on that note, stuffed. do you need We're to talk about that. other stuff? that was the word i was looking for taxidermy i love you penny i love you honey thanks for hearing me thanks for listening thanks for understanding we all just want to be seen and heard yes, and acknowledged you. thanks for listening everyone and before we go you know the reason we sound so very smart and succinct is because of our production director clem daniels who glues it all together